Hey, welcome to Take Two. This is Chad and Kenan, and we're going to talk about our service from last week. Now, this week we talked about how God with us brings joy. And not only did we talk about joy, but the difference between happiness and joy. Chad, would you like to... Sure, well, let's just kick it off this way. Let's, let's put you on the spot. What are things okay. that make Kenan Keller happy? Okay, so there are multiple different food groups that make me happy. Nice. Being financially stable makes me happy. <laughs> uh, chocolate soap pie makes me incredibly happy. Mm -hmm. I like that. French chocolate pie, French silk, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. i eat it all. There you go. I, for, for me, when it comes to happiness, you know, there are things throughout my life that have kind of changed. You know, when, when you're young, it's kind of that, that thing you get, that next thing that you want or whatever, and you get that, and there's this happiness that comes from that. Um, for me today, it's a lot more about relationships. Um, you know, when I'm connected with people, when I get to spend time with people, um, this year, uh, my sister and brother-in-law are going to be gone for Christmas, for instance. And uh, so there, there's a piece of that, that that's going to be missing this year, you know, that the relationship, the connection around there. But yet they're going to have that connection relationship uh, with his family uh, down in Missouri. And I know how great that feels and how good that is. Also, one of the things that makes me happy is just kind of having fun. Um, I, I love that we're a church that can have fun. Uh, at uh, a church this coming Sunday, we're doing this fun little thing called Journey Church Bingo. Kenan uh, promoted last week at the beginning of the service. And uh, one of the things that we found, because we video every week, uh, we do audio every week, there are some things that we just naturally do as humans, okay? We all have our own idiosyncrasies and things. Um, I am a very active hand talker. Um, you know, when, when you're a public speaker, that's something that needs to happen quite a bit. I may be even more active than others. Uh, I'm not sure. Those of you that know my mom know that I probably get that quite naturally uh, in the midst of all that. And so, uh, Kenan put together a, a list one Sunday um, while I was preaching, which means that he obviously was just deep into the spiritual significance of that message. I took notes. I took and, notes. Uh, so uh, he and one of our students, Nick Bill, uh, were in the back working at the media table, and they started writing down names for some of these different gestures that I would do. And as we began to talk about it, we said, man, that would just be so fun to like put together on a bingo card. And you know, some Sunday, we said, so we thought, well, why not Christmas Eve morning? Like That's just a, a fun day. It's a, it's a celebrating day. And uh, so we have some fun stuff on here that we're going to do. There, there's some things I repeatedly do. I often talk about an officiating story. So if I tell an officiating story, you can mark that off. I often tell stories about my kids. Um, there are things that other people do. Um, John, you can almost always see John tuning his guitar during the welcome. Like, that's just the go-to moment. Uh, so, like, that's one of our squares. We did find out that Kenan has some uh, idiosyncrasies of his own. Uh, some of my favorites, he does, I'm a little teapot. Uh, he puts the, the hand here, does, I'm a little teapot. So that's one of our squares on Sunday. I um, also found out that apparently uh, Kenan has been studying karate for many, many years. Because as he talks, there's lots of things getting chopped out of the air, which is really, really cool. Uh, so we've got some fun stuff like that in there. Um, for those of you that have, have been to our service, you know that uh, we have a very strange relationship with flies at our church. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. We have these front glass windows. In fact, as we're sitting here, they're, they're right out here. You can't see them. And 
throughout the winter, there are flies that will come in, and they are like the weakest flies in the world, because they can't fly more than four or five feet at a time, and you can literally, as they gather on the window, you can just take a broom and sweep them up and take them outside. It's, it's, it's a very odd thing. I'm not sure what's going on. But we have a few that during our, our worship time, they come down from up where the lights are, and they dive bomb various uh, people during the service. And so that's one of our fun little things. Whenever somebody sees someone getting dive bombed with a fly on Sunday, uh, they can mark that spot off. And the reason that it makes me happy is because whenever we come together in worship, it's, it's always for very serious reasons. I mean, we're worshiping our creator. We're worshiping the one who formed us. We're worshiping the one who has saved us. We're worshiping the one who sustains us throughout life. But yet that that creator, that savior, that sustainer has also demonstrated that he is a God of, of joy. And, and one of the things that we equate as humans is this parallel between happiness and joy. So I, I think that God loves it when we laugh. I think God loves it when we experience those things. But I do think there is a significant difference between true joy, a biblical joy that we read about uh, in Luke 2, like we talked about this last week, and happiness in the way that we think of it. And, and the big difference for me is, one is emotionally based. So I'm happy when my sports team wins. I'm sad when my sports team loses. Uh, I'm happy when I get that French silk pie. I'm sad when somebody else takes the last piece before I get any. So it's, it's all emotionally based. It's, it's what I want or think I need in that moment. Um, whereas joy is, is what I like to term as confidence based. Joy is that element in my life that says, regardless of my circumstances or situation, regardless of what my temporary emotion feels like, I have this underlying confidence that brings joy into my life. So that's what allows a believer to go through the loss of the job, to go through loss of relationships, to go through struggles at school, to experience some of these kinds of things that for many of us would just absolutely rob us of happiness, that, that emotion, but still provides an underlying joy to our life, being confident that God is in control and is going to work all things together for our good. Uh, in fact, you, you kept talking about how God is ultimately in control. Kind of going back to, to something you said um, in, a, in a previous sermon about how this isn't about us. This, this isn't our story per se, but this is, this is ultimately God's story. And that he's ultimately in control. And, and that, should give us, that should give us hope. And that should bring us joy because it's not about our emotions. Yeah. And, and because we live in a society that is so me-focused, I mean, we have never at any point in human history been in a place where people are so focused on themselves. I have a hard time imagining, you know, in the 1800s, the concept of a selfie being anything that would be smiled on. Regardless of whether or not the technology was available, you know, you didn't take a picture so that you could see it or that you could see how other people would react to it, you took a picture for someone else so that they could hold it near and dear to them. 
uh, you and I are both uh, Civil War buffs, and, and we enjoy um, that era of American history. And one of the things that's very common anytime you go into a Civil War museum of any kind are all of these little tiny uh, portraits. Most of them were kind of oval-shaped, and they were something that somebody would go in, and they would actually pay a considerable amount of money at the time to have them made, and you would have it made for your significant other, uh, for, your, for your wife, for your husband, for your, uh, for your parents, so that they could hold that near to them. So it wasn't about me seeing myself. It wasn't about me, because I may never see them with that picture. I may have that picture taken, you know, as I'm getting ready to head out to war, and I may send it to my spouse, and my spouse would keep that and think of me and, and those kinds of things. So in, in other eras of human history, we never really had the focus on self that we have today. Today it's about how, how comfortable I am, it's about how liked I am, it's about how confident I feel around this group of people or not. And um, that, that's really not what, what God's intent for our life is. I mean, God, God wants us to find a level of self-confidence. He wants us to find a level of what a lot of people today call self-esteem. But it's not based in who we are, it's based in who He is. You triggered my nerdiness with the, mm -hmm. with the pictures, because uh, I got my degree in history, and uh, history is something I find really fascinating. And the, the pictures weren't, uh, in the 1800s, uh, weren't really about emotion, because they were never smiling mm -hmm. in the pictures. The reason why they weren't smiling is because it took so long to take the picture. Uh, we have a, an old family picture of, of my great-great-grand-family, and uh, everybody there is... You know, very severe looking and staying still, except for this uh, six-year-old child who is just a blur. <laughs> the, the parents, their hands are perfectly holding him still, but his body was moving the whole time, so he ended up just being a blur in the picture. Sorry. Uh, that That's all right. That just proves that they're directly linked to you. So <laughs> you know that somehow in the family tree, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is something that was passed on from generation to generation. I think they called ADHD now. <laughs> Back in the day, they called it being all boy. There you um, go. I like that. So, along with the idea of happiness and joy, you as a as a sports official, mm -hmm. there you go. You, you as a sports now. official yes. uh, see a lot of emotions mm -hmm. uh, coming from not only the players and the coaches, but from the fans. Yeah. And you talked about in the sermon about how um, you can see different kinds of family relationships. You've got the parents that are there to criticize their kids. Now, criticism is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. They could be there to criticize in order to help the kid get better. Yep. They could be there to just um, support their kids. I don't understand this sport, but I love you, so I'm, I'm here. Yep. Or uh, a third one you talked, where they were there to, um, to coach. Yep. And, and how... It's kind of criticism, but but not exactly. And so, would you like to yeah, flesh that out? When a bit? when I look at at those relationships, it, it reminds me so much of of God, um, because a a true loving God that we serve is not there simply to criticize. 
That's, that's not who he is. And a lot of us have this idea that God is, you know, sitting off on a cloud somewhere with a big list. And, you know, here's all the good things that I've done. And here's all the bad things that I've done. And he's just waiting to check them off. You know, and that's, that's not who God is. Um, one of the reasons that I can find joy is because as a follower of Jesus Christ, he is there as support to me. He loves me. He cares for me. Now, sometimes that support comes in the way of, to, to use that term, that coaching term, to where it's, it's correction. You know, there, there are times that correction is what I need. It may not be what I want at all, but it's desperately what I need. Caleb and I had a great time last night. We, uh, we drove just a little bit north of here to, uh, to go to a high school basketball game last night because I, I didn't have a game last night, which was very odd. Um, I ended up filling in just right down the road at a, a private school because they had a couple of officials that had the, the game time wrong. So I ran over there at 4.30 and did a, an elementary boys game, which actually was a ton of fun to do. And then, uh, then I went and picked up Caleb. We went to this high school game. And at that game, it ended up being a three-point game with just a few seconds left. The team that was down actually had a chance to make a three-pointer to tie it up. And uh, it, it was an exciting game. But one of the things that was very interesting, um, I, I know one of the, the coaches of the two teams very, very well. Uh, he's an assistant coach for a college baseball team. And so I've, I've watched him in that environment. I've watched him several times in the high school basketball environment. I, I really appreciate the way that he coaches. Because there are times that, yes, come on, why didn't you do that? And, and he's very animated in that moment. But that's not his status quo. That's not his norm. Most of the time, when he needs to instruct, when he needs to coach, he pulls a kid out of the game. He pulls him down between his other two assistant coaches. The assistant coaches talk to him, communicate with him. Then he turns around and says, hey, do, do we get this? Do we understand this? This is why I had to pull you out. This is what I need you to do when you go back in. And I, I love that about the way he coaches because it reminds me very much of, of, of God. There are times that he has to get our attention. There are times that he has to be in our face because we're absolutely not doing what we need to do. But the majority of the time, his norm, the way that he supports us is by pulling us aside as we spend time with him and correcting us and teaching us so that as we go back out, we're ready to do what he's called us to do. Yeah. Uh, last thing that I want to hit mm -hmm. uh, for today is we kind of went on the political spectrum. Ooh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. But don't talk about money. Don't talk about politics. No, talk, no <laughs> politics, no religion, no go. money. We'll be fine. Uh, but it's not like you were endorsing any sure. particular person or any even any party. But yeah. you, you said that the problems that we're having in our country doesn't have to do with the Democrats, doesn't have to do with the Republicans, mm -hmm. but has to do with the main issue that all humanity is dealing with, which is sin. Yeah, and the, the reason that I got to that is if, uh, I have certain pet peeves. We were, we were talking before we came out here today about different people from different theological persuasions and, and things that go on and some things that are kind of pet peeves to me. Um, I have a huge pet peeve about followers of Jesus Christ in social media. And some of my best friends in the world fall into this group that I'm peeved with. Um, but 
we, we throw things out on social media, we blast things out that are about one side or the other, or one ideology. And, and we talk about how this is going to ruin America. You know, God is going to, God is going to absolutely turn his back on us because of the Republican Party and what they do. Look who they're supporting. Or God's absolutely going to turn his back on America because of the Democrat Party and the way that they have beliefs about this particular platform issue or whatever. And to me, there's a, a really great Greek theological word for that. Baloney. Because that is not why God is going to turn his back on anything. It's not because of this party or that party. The reason that God turns his back on things is because of sin. And we don't like hearing that word very often, but the reason that America is broken, the reason other countries are broken is because of sin. The reason families are broken is because of sin. The reason that school systems are broken is because of sin. The reason that some churches are broken and hurting is because of sin. And what we tend to do as humans is because we want to feel happy about things, what we do is we blame someone else so then we can feel good about ourselves. I don't like what they did, so I'm going to blame them so that this group that I'm a part of, we feel okay because we didn't do it. And I believe that when, when Christians throw that stuff out on social media, I think we do a disservice to the people around us. Because what we do is we create this feeling, this emotion that, oh my gosh, you know, everything's going to hell. You know, how, how horrible is this? And, and what that does is it does not allow people to experience the confidence that brings joy in Christ. Because God is still ultimately in control. Um, he allows us to have free will. He allows us to make choices that affect the world that we live in, and then we suffer the consequences of those choices. But still, ultimately, for a follower of Christ, God is in control, and he uses all things together for good. Now, I am not nearly smart enough to understand how all that stuff works. There are theologians that are far greater minds than mine that, that get that stuff in a very different way than I do. But I have a confidence within me that... I know that God is working things together for good. I know that my kids are going to be okay, not because of a political party's rise or fall, not because of a school system's successes or failures, not because of a local community's economic plan, but my kids are going to be okay because of Jesus. I know my church is going to be okay because of Jesus. I know that my my country has the ability to turn. The Bible talks clearly about things that can happen if people turn from our wicked ways and seek his face. I believe that there is that potential there because of who God is. Not because of who we are and what we can accomplish, but because of who he is. Absolutely. Wonderful. Uh, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Awesome. Uh, next week, or this Sunday, uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve. That's right. Uh, in the morning service, we're going to talk about God with us brings peace. That's right. And, and I think it's really the, the, central, the central theme to everything that God did. Um, joy comes about um, our, our opportunities to, to find life, to find hope. All of these things stem out of this concept of peace. Jesus said he was the Prince of Peace. And we talked very early on in our intro message 
that one of the things I would love to see our church be known for is by sharing the Prince of Peace with our community. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that on Sunday and what it means to really find peace in Him. Wonderful. And we're going to play bingo. I'll play bingo. Great. See you then.